Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Strikes! Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you, especially everybody who does that. All right, happy New Year's Eve, everybody. You've made it to the fifth day of our five days in a row of our 1997 retrospective, and I'm going to reward you here with what I consider to be the top ten records of 1997. Why waste time? Let's kick things off here. Number 10. This is one of those albums that I hadn't purchased in the year 1997. I bought it probably at least five years after the fact, but I didn't really get into this band until that point. But one of the great rock and roll bands of all time, the Helicopters from Sweden, they put out a great record in 1997 called Paying the Dues. And you're going to enjoy a song from it right here. Because, yeah, I'm just feeling like a music show. Not too much talking. So number 10, the Helicopters. The album is Paying the Dues. And this song, to kick off our top 10 albums of 1997, is the song, Hey. Kicking off our top 10 albums of 1997, 
the big special here for the end of the year that was the helicopters with hay from the album paying the dues go check that record out check out anything helicopters h-e-l-l-a copters you will be rewarded with some of the best rock and roll ever recorded they are and were that great they keep playing sporadic reunion shows so maybe i'll get lucky and see them live for the second time i saw them live their last time through dallas so glad i went during the rock and roll is dead tour but man they were so great and yeah i'll probably have to venture out to europe if i ever want to see them play again but oh well at least i got to see them once for those of you european friends of rock strikes 10 they play your neck of the woods go see them or travel all right number nine here this is a really cool album and I, I every time I put this album on, I uh, I love it just as much as the first day I heard it. It's just a really well written record, well performed album. Love the lyrics on it. Guy's a great lyricist here, and I, I I've played him a handful of times here on Rock Strikes Ten. You might not be expecting this one, but Ben Folds and Ben Folds Five, the album Whatever and Ever Amen, which was definitely their big breakthrough record. You know, had the big hit Brick on there, which is a really cool song, albeit very heavy handed. But the whole album, it's just a lot of fun. And like I said, playing their butts off. So uh, I'm going to play something that maybe you haven't heard if you haven't heard this whole album. This is a fun one here. One of the ultimate FU breakup songs. This is Song for the Dumped.
All right, there you go. Song for the Dumped by Ben Foltz 5 off of their great album, Whatever and Ever Amen. Number nine record of 1997, according to myself, Joey, here at Rock Strikes 10. And uh, yeah, go pick up that record. It's, it's really great. Great lyrics. Fun stuff. All right. Here's a surprise album. I think this is going to have to be the most underrated album of 1997. I think it's the most under-the-radar album I have here in the top 10 because uh, a good handful of these albums are, are pretty acclaimed at this point by fans or critics alike. But this one right here just came and went in the States, and it's a damn shame. And I think it's one of those things where people just didn't buy it, whether it just didn't get the proper push uh, or people were just judging this person by, uh, you know, the company he keeps. I don't know. It's unfortunate, though. But Nuno Betancourt of Extreme, and at the time, formerly of Extreme, this was his first solo album that he put out after the great Waiting for the Punchline album. That's another album that was just completely criminally ignored. It should be heard. Uh, and this one right here, Nuno Betancourt's first solo album called Schizophonic. And it, it is what it says it is. It's all over the place stylistically. It's just it's just a really great listen. I never get tired of listening to this album because of the variety of styles here. And, uh, you know, I, it was really hard to pick a song off of this. Uh, so I'm just going with my current favorite on the record. There's so many good songs on here, though. Gravity, Crave, uh, man, Swollen Princess. It's just a great album. So go get it. You know, lack of success of an album can definitely be your gain when you go searching for it. This is one of those albums you will see in the dollar bins out and about. So don't hesitate when you see it. Pick it up. It's a great investment. Best dollar you'll ever spend. And uh, here you go from Schizophonic. My current favorite song off of it. Really great stuff here. This is Note on the Screen Door.
Nuno Betancourt checking in at number 8 of our top 10 albums of 1997 from our overall top 30 albums countdown of 1997. His album, Schizophonic, that was note on the screen door from that record. And it's definitely a triumph. He plays every instrument on that record. So that was all Nuno right there that you just heard. Amazing. The guy's super, super talented. All right, moving on to the number seven album. Saw them on this tour at easily the the height of their success. Uh, They were just in their own element at this point. And just one of the great live bands of all time. The tour for this album, I mentioned this on part one when we played the Amazing World Crowns. But this is for the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones coming in at number seven with their huge, huge album called Let's Face It. And this is my favorite song on the album easily. This was the second single on the album, I believe. And it didn't really do anything, which is sad because, you know, I, I, I like the impression that I get as much as the next guy. But to me, it's all about the second single here, The Rascal King. This song is so great. Just like a perfect song. I can listen to this over and over again. So that's what I'm choosing to represent. Let's face it. So here you go. This is the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones with The Rascal King. From it made so many problems to crack and miles to fade. Crooked was the path, and brazen was the walk. A cocky swagger up the ladder, and could he ever talk? Last around, I And just a smile, wink and nod What stranger fact of fiction And never ceasing to amaze On a regular basis First hand into his pocket Oh, first fist into the face And it's the last to run King by the great Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, one of Boston's finest right there. Like I said, saw that tour, and one of the greatest things that ever happened to me and a bunch of other people at a show happened at that precise show when the Boss Tones played the Bronco Bowl for the Boston on the Road Tour. So I'm sure this is a bit they probably did at least a few times, but it just seemed so spur of the moment, and it was just magical. So yeah, they're playing the Bronco Bowl, and you know, obviously the Boston's have played to rowdier crowds in their career, I'm sure, especially their hometown shows. And you know, there's moshing going on, there's crowd surfing, and you know, a few guys decide to try to get up on stage to do stage diving. And it's hard to do at the Bronco Bowl when it was out there because the separation from the rail to the stage was pretty bad. It was it was pretty long, so you know, not a lot of stage diving ever went on at the Bronco Bowl, just occasionally. So this this kid gets up and tries to stage dive, 
And the security guys just grab him and they're throwing him out of the building. And Joe Gittleman, the bass player, who uh, Dickie Barrett refers to as Joe the Policeman for the story, he immediately stops the show down, throws his bass down, jumps off stage, and then like you see that the door had swung uh, out because the guy had been thrown out. And then as soon as the door swung back... <laughs> There was Joe and the fan, and Joe brought the kid back into the crowd. <laughs> and, of course, everybody just was like, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a great moment. And Dickie was, like, telling security guys, look, don't beat up these kids. They're, they're here for a good time. They're just having fun. They're not going to hurt anybody. They're not hurting us. It's all good. He goes, matter of fact, anybody who wants to get up on the stage, come get up on the stage right now. And, like, 30 of us got up there. I, myself and Chris were two of those people and they played do something crazy and it was just a great moment just being on stage with that energy and i'll i'll just never forget that for as long as i live probably the coolest thing that ever happened to me at a show so there you go there's my boss tones brag moment right there so of course always gonna have a soft spot for let's face it but i think it's a great album top to bottom and you should check it out for sure all right you won't find a more critically acclaimed album on not just a 1997 list, but probably any list ever than this album. But I got to say, it's it's one of those albums where, as, as much as I always say critics be damned, uh, you know, this album, to me, it's not overrated. I mean, I guess some people could probably overrate this album and say it's the greatest of all time. It's not the greatest album of all time, but it is one of the greatest albums of 1997, in my opinion, it's my sixth favorite album of 1997. So the most acclaimed album of 1997 was easily OK Computer by Radiohead. And yes, we are going to play Radiohead, much to Cobras and Fire chagrin. What's going on, guys? There's not much else to say. I, I like uh, The Bends, OK Computer, most of Kid A. And they really started to get full of themselves at that point. So I pretty much fell off after that. Some of Amnesiac I like. They just bore me to tears now when they put a record out. And they have definitely convinced their fan base that they're still putting out records worth listening to. It's not true, but, you know, more power to them. They can play arenas. And the fact that they can play arenas and not play their biggest hit is just, uh, yeah, more power to them. But I do still, even after all the bullshit, I do still like OK Computer by Radiohead. So here's uh, one of my favorite songs off of the record. This is a song I believe even Marilyn Manson admitted to ripping off the next year on his Mechanical Animals record. And there's definitely signs of that on the song Speed of Pain. So listen for it in this song. It's a cool deep track off the album called Exit Music for Film. Listen for it. It's going to build up. You're going to think it sucks at the beginning, but it, it gets better. Check it out. <laughs>
sing as a song, a song to keep us warm. There's such a chill, such a chill. the music for a film there by Radiohead from OK Computer my sixth favorite album of the year 1997 alright we are getting into the top five now and we're bringing back the fun with the best comeback album of 1997 no doubt about it in my mind the misfits with American Psycho I was a decent fan of the misfits prior to this record I saw them open up for Megadeth on the Cryptic Writings Tour at the Bronco Bowl once again. And I hadn't even heard anything off of their new album at the time, American Psycho. But they played a healthy amount of it at the show. I was blown away by how cool the song sounded. Bought the album the next day. Still listened to it quite a bit. Definitely good enough to be in the top five here for our top ten albums of 1997. Not much else to say. Turn this one up as loud as you can. This is Dig Up Her Bones. Rise up the steps one by one to keep 
right, there you go. Dig Up Her Bones by The Misfits from the album American Psycho, the best comeback album of 1997. Go check it out. Number five on the top 30 albums here for Rock Strikes 10 for the year 1997. All right, album number four, the headliner of the show that I saw there for The Misfits, Megadeth and Cryptic Writings. This was one of those albums where uh, some of the fans that fell off uh, after Countdown and Euthanasia came back a bit. They gained a little bit more credibility. I think they finally found a way to balance out the melodic side that they were chasing, plus the heavy nature of what they used to play originally. They definitely perfected it here on Cryptic Writings, a formula I believe they should have stuck to uh, throughout the remainder of their career. They, they come and go with it, but... Cryptic Writings is one of those, I think, pretty damn near perfect moments in the Megadeth catalog. I'm surprised this actually didn't rank higher, but this is my list as of today. But definitely an essential metal record, especially if you love the metal. It's hard to do any better than Megadeth when you're referring to the genre known as heavy metal. And uh, we're going to play a nice, short, and sweet one here from Cryptic Writings, because a lot of you have probably have heard Almost Honest and Trust and Use the Man, and those are good songs. But here's a back-to-basics nice little thrasher here called The Disintegrators. Check it out. Presenting the number four album of 1997, according to Rock Strikes 10. That was The Disintegrators by Megadeth from the album Cryptic Writings. A very, very, very fine record. Go check that one out for sure. Here's a record at coming in at number three on our top 30 albums of 1997. It is a very heralded album by fans and critics alike. So much so that when the conversation comes up on what is this band's best album... Usually people will answer with this album for sure. I, in my opinion, think that maybe they might have outdone it this year 
not quite sure. You know, we'll see how it ages over the next few years, but a band that is still putting out material worth listening to. But in 1997 was when they really proved themselves because I think people were still on the fence about them a little bit. But man, a band that did not suffer from the sophomore slump at all was Foo Fighters with their album The Color and the Shape. It's a very fine rock and roll album, top to bottom. Really nothing that I still don't like listening to. Everlong is one of those songs you can listen to a thousand times. And for me, it never gets old. And so I could have played anything off of this record once again. I'm going to play you a deep album track that I like quite a bit on here. So representing The Color and the Shape and our number three slot here for the top 30 albums of 1997. This is, of course, The Foo Fighters with Wind Up. The Color and the Shape by the Foo Fighters, an album that I thought might have actually taken the crown in our 97 countdown early on, but there were two other records that I like just a little bit more, and you're going to find out what they are right now. Number two, this is an album I did not purchase until around 2000 or 2001, a band that most people didn't even realize existed until about 2001, were The Hives. One of Sweden's finest, their rookie year, 1997, where they put out their debut full-length album, Barely Legal. You could put this one on and it'll scorch you for a good half hour. One meant to be listened at full volume. This song is proof positive of that. I'm sure I've played this on the show before, but if you're new to the show, you're about to hear one of my favorite songs of all time, which happens to be attached to the second best album of 1997, in my opinion. This is The Hives from the Barely Legal album, and turn it up real, real loud for AKA IDIOT. Yeah. 
aka IDIOT by the Hives from Sweden. Their album Barely Legal, such a great record. It's just four on the floor, half hour garage rock greatness, and that is just really almost all you need in your rock and roll, at least on a consistent basis. All right, it is now time. We've been building it up for the whole week. It's now time for the number one album, according to myself, Joey, here at Rock Strikes 10. And the album just happens to have called the whole race before it even started, apparently. The album is called Album of the Year, the band Faith No More. This was the band's last album before their initial breakup. They went and toured on this record and broke up afterwards. It took a long time for them to get back together. Of course, Mike Patton went on to do multiple, multiple projects. Faith No More is one of those bands that was so great and I was such a big fan of that I always gave Patton's new projects a shot. Some of them I liked a lot. Some of them are like, eh. But because this band was so great, I'm always going to give them a chance. So glad to see that Faith No More at least had come back in the last few years playing shows. Hopefully they'll go out again at some point. Interesting note about the Album of the Year tour. They played, uh, you know, clubs and theaters and stuff like that. Not terribly big places, which was kind of sensing the end there, I'm sure. But, you know, as a, a cruel twist of fate, the opening act on said last tour was this young band from Florida who would go on to sell way more records and play bigger places. Limp Biscuit, a sign of the times of things to come, and it was terrible after this. But for now, enjoy the number one album of 1997, according to myself. It is called Album of the Year. This is Faith No More. And as luck would have it, this was also my favorite song of the year, 1997. This is Ashes to Ashes.
right, there you go. That was Ashes to Ashes by Faith No More from the album Album of the Year, which coincidentally also is my album of the year for 1997. I hope you've enjoyed our five days in a row of podcasting here with our big 1997 retrospective. Let me know what you thought of the list, or let me know what you thought of the odds and ends as well. Do you agree with my list? Of course you don't agree with my list. No two of us are alike. But let me know what you liked, what you didn't like, and what you discovered here on our little countdown. And Happy New Year, everybody. I'll say that again on the next episode, because I will be doing my favorite albums of 2017 as well. Rolling the speedometer up 20 years for the official annual Rock Strikes 10 Best Albums list for said year 2017. Right. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned, cnjradio.com. Every episode of Rock Strikes 10 is on there, including the ones that aren't on iTunes. Stick around, cnjradio.com, for the Synaptic Empire podcast featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. Multiple new episodes in the can and on their way. As soon as I get around to posting them. Sorry, Randy. Also, stick around for The Last Theater on the Left. Hosted by Chris. It's a great movie show, especially if you're a fan of horror cinema, cult cinema, trash cinema. It's all there. It's all good. I'm on most of the episodes as well as a co-host in Yuck Monkey. So check out Last Theater on the Left. It's a good time. Speaking of good times, Wrestling House Show, the podcast, will be relaunched in a mere matter of days. So stick around, cnjradio.com, for all things rock culture. Before we get out of here, just want to say extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Space Beard for the awesome outro. I know Pete probably massively popped for the number one pick on this countdown. I know he's a big Faith No More fan. So there you go. Another reason why me and Pete get along so well. But that outro is great. We play it on every episode. If you get the reference, let me know. Go to Facebook.com slash Band for more information and tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. All right, I'm going to go ahead and get the hell out of here. Check back in a few days. I need a couple of days to recover from this, by God. But stay tuned for the best albums of 2017. Till then, Happy New Year, be safe, have fun. <laughs>